Hey there, horror movie tea sippers. The following podcast episode will contain spoilers for the movie we are about to review. If you have not seen the movie and do not wish to have anything ruined prematurely, please do not continue to watch or listen until you have seen the movie. And welcome to the Horror Movie Tea Podcast. First week of Asian Horror Month, you guys. We are so excited. Welcome to August. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Asian Horror Month is... Well, to be fair, I love all of our theme months, but... But know. especially yeah. Asian Horror Month and Halloween. It like, has a special place in our heart. Yes. So today we are covering Juon 2, which we covered Juon 1, like the original Japanese. It was episode 9, guys. So we are now in the ago. 70s. Such, so, so crazy. long ago. And I could have sworn we had started off that episode with Asian Horror Month, but I don't think we did. I don't think so at that point. But we are now starting a tradition. Just like with Jaws being the first movie for Shark Month, it just seems so appropriate for Juwan to be the first movie for yes. Asian Horror Month since it's so iconic. But before we get to the summary, what tea are you drinking again? So I, I needed a double <laughs> shot. <laughs> It's it's a long day of recording and stuff, so I am drinking the same tea. It's Zest Tea's Blue Lady, the highest caffeine content. 135 milligrams. Worth it. <laughs> so, Give and, me that caffeine. <laughs> and I am drinking the Tazo Matcha Mate Grapefruit. That's weird. It's a matcha mate grapefruit. Why wouldn't they just call it matcha grapefruit? Because it's a different kind of matcha. Matcha mate. Is mm -hmm. that that really? Yeah. Okay. Like yerba mate. Oh. It's, a, it's probably in the uh, processing. Gotcha. Just the style. It's hot. It is very hot. I burnt my tongue a little bit. Oh. <laughs> this is fine. I just need the caffeine in my bloodstream. This <laughs> the risk of being a, a tea drinker. Yeah. <laughs> The things we do for this podcast. Yes. <laughs> so, Juwon 2. So, as a caveat, this is very disjointed, just like the original Juwon. But the the storyline that eventually gets pieced together is this movie director is like, oh, you know, this murder happened at this house. All of these people that have gone into the house have died. Let's film a movie about it so inside he, the house. He actually stated those that have lived there have died. So I don't think he knew that a lot of the people that visited there died as well. That's true. And there wouldn't be a way to track that. Not really. Yeah, that's fair. But He only has the records of those that have lived there. Yes. <laughs> so they're filming the movie and no surprise, the people start dying one by one and the main character or disappearing yes <laughs> i forgot her first name but her last name is harose kyoko i should have remembered that at least someone's paying attention but <laughs> senpai noticed me <laughs> <laughs> but she she goes through this pregnancy that it's like 
Kayako tries to kill her in a car crash, but then she lives. And then her fetus becomes Kayako and Kayako grows up and like pushes Kyoko off the stage. It's just, it's a weird convoluted story. It's really twisted and odd and it's kind of difficult to understand. Yeah. But that's the summary. So (laughs) for entertainment... So, for me personally, I kind of like this. It's very difficult for me because I think the overarching story for the original Juwan is a lot stronger than this one. However, the way that they piece together the story for this movie and the scares, uh, there's a lot more creepy scares. Um, So, for me, I would rate it a 6.5. It has the same problems that a lot of Juwan or the Grudge movies have, where you'll get really good bone-chilling scares, but then you'll get some scares that you just burst out laughing because they're so stupid. Like, there's no in-between. <laughs> it's either it will make you creeped out or you will just laugh. Yes. It's just, yeah. That is very, very true. There is, like, no in-between. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, some examples of great kills is, like, Tomika and Nori one, where they're, like, hanging. It's, like, that one's so good. I love Japanese stories like that, where they are hearing, like, signs and predictions of their own death, but they don't realize it until it's too late. It's just so cool. Where it's like she's hearing thumping in the night and she's like, what is that? And then she comes home and she sees like a body hanging behind the curtain. She looks away and then the body's gone when she looks back. And then she finds out it's her boyfriend that's hanging. But then it ends up being her too. And oh, it's just awesome. So many little details. And knocking over the teacup. Yes. Oh, that one. Oof. But another scene that uh, really gives me chills is when the director is re-watching the footage that they took. That he's dozing in. Yes. So all of this stuff is happening in the footage. And he's missing all of it. And you're like, oh my God, that's so creepy. And he didn't see any of it. Well, and he didn't, once he woke up, it kills me that he didn't like back it up and try to re-watch it or re-listen to it. Because he was saying, I'll take a look at it. Because they heard a discrepancy in the sound when they were initially filming. That's why he was in there to review it. Yeah. But if you say you're going to review it, don't just sleep through it all and not re-watch it or retry to to review it. Yeah. Don't. Um, <laughs> and lazy. Yes. And then another story arc, which is really good, is the Chiharu uh, one, where it's kind of a callback to... Some of the girls in the uh, original movie, but essentially she goes into the house. Kayako is coming down the stairs to get her, but she keeps going back and forth between like time skips. So it's like she will be out of the house and then suddenly back in the house. Mm-hmm. And ooh, like I feel bad for her. She went like a really bad way just because she was tortured for, I mean, at least a couple of days. Yeah. Well, not only that, but when she realized what was happening and that she wasn't going to escape it, she tried to save her friend. Yeah. So, yeah. That was kind of heartbreaking. 
Yeah, but oh, yeah, that one's really good. And another thing that I always find fascinating with Japanese horror, but you know, mainly the uh, the Grudge series, is whenever or typically whenever one of the characters dies, they suffer in a way that the original people that were murdered in the house suffered. Like, for example, I forgot her name. I should have known it. But the um, the wig, oh, the makeup artist, um, she... Megumi. Oh, yeah. I should have known the name. You really should have remembered that one. Yeah, I should have. I am disappointed. <laughs> but Keiko is coming towards her, and she's on the floor, and she's uh, scratching the floor. And then all of a sudden you see a clip of... Kayako in the bag after her husband attacked her and she's scratching the floor. So it's, it's kind of mm. cool how it relates. And and it reminds you also that she had seen those markings previously. Yes. So it's kind of nice that they they do a recall like that. Mm-hmm. And then the, the way that they connect the stories where for the Tomika and Nori later you hear Tomoko uh, calling him and it's the exact same phone call that took place during their story and just like little things like that so you understand where in the timeline they fit in. And from what I gather, the majority of the people tended to die around the same time. Mm -hmm. It's neat how they connect everything that it doesn't forgive it for some of the, the silly scares that they put in there. But the good scares... Are great. So I give it a six. I don't quite remember what I gave the previous one. It's we tried I've finding it and we could then. not. Yeah, I've I've slept since then, and we didn't have time to review the full podcast episode to figure it out. But I give this one a six, and um, I do like a lot of the scares. They're very very subtle. They don't use loud noises or music to draw attention to it. It's just there. And there are some that, if you're not paying attention, you will miss them. Yeah. So I really like those, though. Those tend to make it a lot more creepy and really add to the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Then there are the others. That I don't know if it's a cultural thing or if it's just the budget they had. Like, if they were just doing the best they could with what they got. <laughs> some of the effects did feel a little bit dated, yeah, this movie came out in the early 2000s. Yeah. I think so, it was right before the American Grudge, I want to say. Fair. Um, it still felt a little bit older than that. But again, it could just be a cultural thing. And they were, again, it could have also been the budget. So they were probably doing the best they could with what they had. Yeah, it's like it really looks like a 90s film. A little bit. But yeah, it, it came like, out in the early 2000s. But I also, yeah, it's like they probably had older equipment. And I also noticed that unless if it's a super high budget uh, film, the Asian films tend to look more dated. And I don't know if it's just because of the access to... No, it it must be like a budgetary thing. That's what I would imagine. Um, a lot of the... A lot of the scares are subtle and good, but the ones that are very, very obvious are just the ones that you will bust a gut laughing. So, (laughs) I I was rather confused often in this movie as to the timeline and where we were at exactly. Um, And I feel like the ending leaves a little bit for interpretation. It was kind of confusing there, too. 
but it does a better job of connecting everyone to a specific event than the first movie does. And I do yeah. appreciate that. I feel like it kind of starts off more confusing than the first one, but then it just connects it better at the end. At least for me, both times I was left kind of confused. And especially with Kyoko, herds, they had her skip around a lot before they started mm-hmm. introducing other storylines. And that was kind of confusing. Well, she was like a big part of the story. Yeah. So, and... <sighs> I feel like hers was the most confusing because of she was like the start of it and the end of it. Yeah. So there was this thing about her pregnancy. Like, is she still pregnant or did she actually miscarry like they kind of inferred in the car accident? Or like, is she having another one? Like, what's going on? So the way I, I'm guessing it happened was she was pregnant and was about to have a baby but she miscarried and then, or like almost miscarried, and then they kind of invaded. Yeah, I guess I don't, I don't like know. It. It's really weird. Like it's very confusing, and I'm not entirely sure what happened there. Also, the doctors and nurses did not deserve that. I know. So it's just it was odd. It's very odd. But there were yeah. some scenes that were very, very worth the watch. Yeah. So it's it's not my favorite one, but I did like it better than the first one, and it's definitely worth a watch. Yeah, and specifically for the main character arc, you just don't ask questions because it's like you're oh, it's just so twisted. Yeah, it's like you just have to sit back and watch it and enjoy the ride because it, it doesn't it's not gonna make any sense yeah, whatsoever. That, that whole storyline is a WTF. Yeah. So all the other side stories, though, are really good and interesting. Um, a couple of the death scenes are weird. But it, but for the most part, they do a pretty decent job with those. Yeah. And especially with connecting them. So yeah. I did appreciate that. But that's pretty much all I had on the, uh, the entertainment scale. I did like the echoes back in time for some of those. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's... It's trippy once you understand how it all fits mm-hmm. together, but then while you're going through what the characters are going through, it is kind of creepy. Like the thumping, and you had even mentioned you're like neighbors, but then the guy had even mentioned like, "Aren't we a corner apartment?" Yeah. And they're like, "Yes." Yeah. <laughs> so it's like there should be no reason why there's thumping on that wall. Yes. So I thought that's cool, but. Well, since we have said everything that we wanted to on entertainment, we're going to move forward to realism. Um, this this one was tough for me because I, I think a part of the reason why I struggled with the realism is it's hard to pick out what's actually realistic versus what, a, what is a cultural difference. Like, mm-hmm. for example, whenever uh, Kayoko's mother dies... Um, Kayoko is very soft-spoken and she's uh, shaking her mother and just repeating her name and just kind of, um, I, it's like she becomes almost childlike. Yeah. And I mean, I do know that I don't know about other Asian cultures, but I know in Japan specifically, they do tend to raise their, the pitch of their voice. If you're, uh, if you identify as female, 
because it, it's just seen as a more feminine quality. And I mean, there's some European countries, I think, that actually do that, too. Mm-hmm. So it's not, like, isolated to Japan. Um, so I don't know if it's a part of that, like, I need to be feminine, so this is how I'm going to act, or if or if she was genuinely, you know, if that's how she would react genuinely if she wasn't trying to pit on that, like, feminine, like portrayal i guess is the best way to put it so but so there there are some times in the movie that kind of were a little at least to me a little bit different on what i wouldn't normally imagine a, a person to react but then there's some scenes that i thought were pretty obvious despite the cultural differences on whether or not it's realistic. And that would be like the reactions to the the scary stuff. Um, so I would rate this movie a three. Um, the So the main reason is some of the scream reactions where it's like instead of them, the actresses and actors portraying actual like fear, it just seems like they're just doing a face warp and then they're screaming. Yeah. Like, they're not actually portraying it, fear. It's like the director goes, give me your best scream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just, I know you're not scared. Give me your best scream. <laughs> yes. And then another point that I was like, what? This doesn't make sense is when Kayako is a little girl and she pushes uh, Kayoko down the stairs. Well, whenever it pans, uh, Kayoko is perfectly laying at the bottom of the stairs and I'm like, well, with the how steep, well, with the angle of the stairs, I would imagine her either stopping near the top or somewhere in the middle. I can't imagine a little girl being able to push her all the way. Like she would have had to like it, flip and. It does depend on how she landed the first couple of times because she would probably have rolled. But they're oftentimes in those areas with that kind of walkway bridge, there is like a middle area yeah. that has like a landing. I think I so, did see I like a I little bit of a landing. Yeah. yeah. So I'm. You have at confused. least fallen there. Yeah. Kind of confused why she didn't just. And the fact that she there. landed so perfectly where she's like facing up and yeah. her head is like so daintily laying to the side. Like, but she also, used her spirit strength. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also, I understand that Juwan, number one, is a, a horror movie, but it's a very artful film, too. So it, it could have just been the director's choice on, I think this looks the most beautiful, rather than going towards, you know, realistic. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I got for the realism, though. It's just uh, some of the kills are unrealistic. The screams are definitely the, like, whenever they die, those are... Some of the least realistic parts of the movie. I believe a three is a fair fair rating, and we're just going to continue the tradition over the last few episodes and have the same rating for realism. This is odd, but <laughs> whatever. I know, normally you're so much stricter than I am. I usually am, but you've given a fair assessment the last couple of times, and I agree, so we're going to have the same one. I wasn't giving a fair assessment before. <laughs> I feel like I've converted you to the dark side, so. <laughs> but it's fine. Uh, join us. We have cookies. So with the stairs, that is pretty accurate. I I feel like she would have landed on the middle somewhere instead of at the bottom. I also feel like, though, if she had landed in the middle, it's far less likely that she would have died from it. Knocked out. 
most likely concussed probably but not necessarily dead yeah that's true. at the bottom of it again it does depend on how she landed it does look like there was a lot of blood so she had to have hit like the corner of the oh, stairs ouch. with her head in yeah. just the right way <laughs> which is fairly unlikely i feel like but stranger things have happened and there are people all the time all across the world that have fallen down the stairs in their own home and died yeah in a freak thing well and so. then also i don't think it's i mean of course hitting your head that will kill you but mm -hmm. also if you while you're falling if you're twisting your neck yes. in just the right way that could also like if you're damaging your well if you spine. hit your neck at just the right angle on a corner of the yeah. stairs like that you're gone like it's it's such an odd thing the human body is such a weird thing because either you survive this obscene thing that happened to you like skydiving people have skydived and their parachute has failed or not opened at all and they'll hit the ground with like nothing breaking their fall and survive yeah there's a story of like this uh girl that survived a plane crash like the plane fell apart in the air she fell like 40 or fifty thousand feet yes and because some trees in is over the rainforest and because she was slightly cushioned by some trees yeah she survived yeah. while everyone else died. Well, I've seen videos of people, like, legit hitting the ground with, like, nothing breaking their fall, and they lived. So either you have god mode, or you trip over your own feet or air and hit the coffee table and die. Yeah. There is no in-between. <laughs> it definitely feels like that. You roll a 20 or you roll a 1. <laughs> there is no in-between. So, you know, stuff happens. I don't feel like it was that accurate for the director to not go back and review it ever. I can see maybe, like, I'm too tired to do it tonight. I'm just going to put it off. Maybe I'll come back tomorrow morning or whatever. Try again with fresh eyes after I've gotten some rest. That would make sense. But never going back, that would be a huge issue in editing and would throw off your whole episode because they were doing a TV show. So I feel like it's not very accurate for him to never come back and review it. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe he just died too soon before. He had this. a few days. Yeah. Because he said he was trying to get a hold of other people too, but. Who knows? Maybe he's more concerned about those people. It's hard to say. Yeah, but he wouldn't have known for at least several hours that they were even missing. So yeah. it just doesn't make that much sense to me. Um, and the, I have, I have questions about the hanging thing. As awesome as it was, hilarious as the actual death scene was, you had a valid question when we were watching it. When the police walked in, was it hair that they were hanging by or were they ropes? And if there were ropes, then how did they get there? Yeah, because I know for some Asian horror, and I think they've alluded a little to this in Juwan is sometimes whenever they die they kind of kill themselves but then they just see it as a different entity so it's possible that maybe they actually strung up the ropes and they did it themselves but they're seeing it as Kiyaka like they're possessed by her but if they did commit suicide themselves there would have been something nearby that they could have stepped off of the table or kicked the table was too low. 
because they were well above the table that's when they were true. swinging. That's true, and that's how they knocked over the... Exactly. Yeah, that's true. So there's nothing there for them to step off of. That's very true. Or kick off, like a chair or anything. They didn't have that kind of table set up. It's one that you sit at on the ground. It's Japan. So it didn't make sense. So in that kind of situation, if the police come in, yes, initially it looks like a suicide, but if there's nothing for them to step off of or kick off of, then it's it's odd circumstances and it reeks of foul play. Yeah, this is true. Because you can't just off yourself with no way of doing that. Yeah. So. You got me. But yeah, that is. Uh, <laughs> so it should have been ruled as murder, homicide. Yeah, so that's uh, something that I randomly thought of towards the end. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. So now, if they had even just, like, one chair, then it would have been okay. They could have ruled it as, like, a homicide-suicide. Or a double-suicide. Assisted-suicide? Like yeah. Yeah, potentially. Like if they both jumped off? No, like, one chair in front of one of them. Because oh, just- then one could have helped the other. Ah, uh, and gotcha. then done it. So it gotcha. would either be assisted suicide or homicide, and then they off themselves. Oh, this conversation turned dark. I have questions. I have questions because there's no consistency in it, and they don't explain it. It makes me mad. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Juwan movies. You just have to sit back. I mean, they the That's later not how anything works. The later <laughs> ones get so bad. Oh god! Like I can't wait for you to see the Grudge oh, too. You that I movie is so bad. All the concerns. You're gonna laugh. I have all the concerns. Though I feel like the Grudge 2020 was not that good. <laughs> yeah, and. So. I mean, we won't touch too much since we've covered it before, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it, it missed a lot of the, the point mm-hmm. of the original Juwan. It did. It's just like, oh, let's just make it a scary movie mm-hmm. versus having all of this underlying meeting meeting yeah, of like tragedy and mm-hmm. um, a cycle of suffering and yeah. Yeah. So as disjointed as this movie series is, there is a reason. There's a method behind it. It just, what makes it so scary most of the time is there's no way to stop it. Yeah. I mean, at least in most American horror movies with like ghosts and things, there's a, there is usually a reason behind it, but there's also a way to stop it or to get away from it. With this, there is no getting away from it. Yeah. And I think going a little bit on a deeper level, I think it's a good representation of like our fear of death. It's something that all of us will have to encounter and we can never escape it. And it's just this cycle of life and also just tragedy and um, horrible ways to die in general. Uh, it's, they are. You know, unfortunately, I mean, I but I guess that one's not quite the same because only a few people die in tragic ways. Um, ideally, you'd die in your sleep at a very old age. Yeah, ideally. <laughs> ideally. But unfortunately, we don't get choose. Nope. The clock is ever ticking. Time moves ever forward. But Keiko chooses how the people die while they don't, so it still continues that, like, symbolism. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, it, it, it's 
even though it's a horror movie, it has multiple levels that you can pick apart. And to me, it's a very, it's an artful movie. Like the mm-hmm. way that they have the the music, their their cinematography for the most part is pretty strong. Um, there's a few choices that I don't know is a, a cultural thing and what they typically do over there or if it was like a, a unique director decision. But there's a few choices that I'm like, mm, I don't know about that one. But just something we wouldn't have chosen. <laughs> yeah. But anything else you want to add on realism? Not on realism. Uh, the last thing I do want to say about this movie is it is definitely worth the watch. But be warned, it is kind of a slow burn. Which is fairly typical for yeah. at least older Asian horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is definitely worth at least one watch. Yeah. Be prepared to laugh in some of the parts. But I think it's also safe to assume that you'll probably be creeped out by at least a couple of the scenes, mm-hmm. too. I do appreciate that they don't have that many jump scares, either. Yes, they there don't. almost it's, none. It's a slow burn, and a lot of the scares are silent in the background where you mm-hmm. have to be paying attention. And I always appreciate movies that yes, do stuff like that. absolutely. It adds so much to the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So, it really helps. But I would love to hear, if you guys watched the movie, we want to hear what your favorite scares were. Yes. Uh, if What were the stupidest scare? What did you and laugh it, at the hardest? Yeah, ours, <laughs> I think, at least for me, was the soccer ball that turned into the, the boy's head. That... That was just like top notch, like great. hilarity. That was great. I mean, I don't know the the face on the ceiling with all the hair spread out everywhere. <laughs> that's I laughed pretty, pretty good too. at that too. Yeah, there there was a few, but the the soccer ball head that that got it for me for sure. Um, and well, since we're more than likely going to continue with the the Juwan reviews, let us know what your favorite Juwan movie is. Hopefully, we'll be covering more in the near future well especially since we have the english ones we mm-hmm. don't cover those during asian horror month and i guess i should for any new listener that has not listened to asian horror month the whole purpose of asian horror month is we only watch the original films mm-hmm. so if there's a english adaptation we might do that at a later month but we're not going to cover it in this or, month or as a bonus we, we really want to celebrate the original films because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of horror fans don't tend to talk about these types of films or kind of forgotten about, whether that be because, you know, it's a foreign film, so they don't want to, like, read the subtitles or they feel like they won't understand, like, the cultural yeah. differences. And, I mean, with some of the films, you do get a little bit of there that. Are some, but not quite as many as you would think. Yeah, and I feel like even if it's a film that you don't understand a lot of that film because of the type of culture, you can still get something out of it. Mm-hmm. It's a way for us to branch out and see different points of view and different methods of horror. Yeah. And no one does it like the Asian cultures. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's why we are we gravitate towards... Asian horror films mm-hmm. versus like European, because even though those are technically foreign films, it's you know we're we're both Caucasian, so th- there's still similarities in European culture versus you know yes. American culture. 
but a lot it's of... It's just not the same. <laughs> yeah, it's like Asian culture tends to be... I mean, it depends on the, the, mm -hmm. the country, but there's a lot of differences. Mm -hmm. So just celebrating those differences yes. and acknowledging that despite the differences, it's still a good movie. Yes. So. And you learn something new usually, so... Yeah, so it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a good way to expand and learn about other cultures. And if you guys haven't checked out any Asian horror movies before, uh, we have a list of all of the ones that we've covered. And we definitely encourage you to watch those movies. Absolutely. There are some real gems oh, in there. Yes, like Gonjiom. Oh, I was just thinking yes. about Gonjiom. I love that one. That one's a newer one, too. So. It was a newer one. So the effects are a little better. And oh, they got some good scares in that one. Yep. Yep. So don't forget to check those other ones out as well, guys. Yep. All but. right. You got anything else? Nope. Just... Uh, if you like Asian horror movies, please like and subscribe <laughs> and share this with a friend so we can hopefully spread the word and uh, try and I, th I think, you know, in the past couple of years, uh, Asian horror movies have become a little bit more mainstream, mm -hmm. uh, especially with the English remakes, but it'd be really cool to make the originals. Yes. Well, it also helps that a lot of other platforms like Netflix or Prime are making them more accessible yeah even to us over here because they're for the longest time they would be blocked certain movies would be blocked in your country so now that a lot of those kinds of movies are more accessible it's easier for more people to actually watch them and get to experience the different cultures and the different kind of spoops so and don't watch the dub watch don't the subtitle watch the dub Watch the subtitled version. Yes. Don't watch the dub. The I dub, know there's mm -hmm. reading. I know there's reading. It's not that bad. <laughs> Bear with it. There's actually, I feel like there's more that gets lost in translation in the dub versus subtitles. Yeah, because the the dub actor, they're just guessing. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of times they almost put themselves in that scene and act the way that they ways. would. Well, if you watch the subtitled version, you still get the raw, what was supposed to be the, you know, the, yeah. that actor's portrayal of well, the. I also find it really distracting hearing a voice that's that clearly doesn't, doesn't belong yeah. to that actor or actress. Like it, it just doesn't work. Yeah. That's way more distracting to me than subtitles ever will be. Yeah, I agree. But I do appreciate that a lot more of these kinds of films are more accessible to the public. Yep. So, but it helps. It's really nice. Yep. So, <laughs> all right, guys. Well, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe, of course. Share our stuff with a friend. It really, really helps. And we get so much joy out of seeing more people join us in the discussion and read the comments and everything. We tend to fangirl over the comments more than anyone. So, <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to comment. And we do have a live stream on the first Saturday of each month. Of course, if we move it at any point due to a holiday or whatever, we do let everybody know. We just had our Phasmophobia, or will have. What year Maybe. is it? I, I think. Phasmophobia live stream is around here. <laughs> <laughs> and we're looking at... Yes. It's going to be at Dead of Night or a new one. 
Yep. <laughs> so don't forget to join us in September, the first Saturday in September at 7 p.m. for the live stream. We will have an announcement on what game we'll be playing then. <laughs> and until then, guys, stay safe and stay spoopy. Bye! Bye. Bye.